Come on, give God praise in this place for what he's doing. Amen. Tap somebody next to you right now and pray for them as I pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, will you make us to hear what we otherwise could not hear except you open our ears. Help us to see and understand what has, what has remained hidden from us. Bring light on it. May we, may we conceive, may we comprehend. And by it, Father, give glory to your name. And we thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Give him praise one more time, amen. Amen. God bless you. I want to acknowledge Pastor and First Lady Sonny Mauricio. Amazing. <laughs> they really are amazing. recently released a book put it up Ken if you would when it comes up I want you to get a copy of it amen go ahead so you can fly high amen amen some of you uh, been thinking about getting a pole and some ropes I don't really mean that but, but, but I want you to fly high. Amen. God bless you, my friend, madam, for uh, just gracing us this morning. Look, I wanted to finish what I attempted to finish last week. As you know, in this first fruit season, and I was a, little, a bit shocked how many pastors, local churches, that do not practice this. However, from 20 years ago, more and more across the body of Christ are beginning to see and understand. If you go, on the line, if you go online and, and type in First Fruits, you'll get, in YouTube, you'll get more and more messages about First Fruits. Um, I'm saying it this way because I want you to appreciate what God did to us. And many of you are where you are today because you honored this powerful principle. And, and the first fruits principle is certainly about money. It's our exchange, but it's about more than money. It's about a principle of honoring God and putting him before and above everything else. It's the way we treat God. I want you to go to the scripture we were in last week. Thank you, Kenny, for putting it up for me because I thought there was something and the Lord began to show me this again that was amazing. Every year I ask God to give me something fresh for this time of the year and for this season. And Exodus chapter 13, verses 11 through 15 are amazing. And then also Numbers 18, 15 through 17. But check out, check out what, what, is, what is written in Exodus. 
And keep in mind that when you read this, this was God speaking through Moses and speaking about what he was about to do for the people of God. What he was about to, what his, his kind intention was for them. God's direction, all of God's preparation. God preserved for thousands of years, preserved what belonged to them. And they are in slavery and they're about to leave, amen. And this is what he says. After the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites and gives it to you, as he promised an oath to you and your ancestors, you are to go over, <clears throat> you are to give over to the Lord, give over to the Lord. Read it with me. What did he, what did he ask them for? What did he say? The first offspring, the first offspring of what? Every room, all, all the firstborn males of your livestock. What about it, saints? <clears throat> they belong to the Lord. Redeem with a lamb every firstborn donkey. Donkey? Really? Yeah. That was amazing to me when I saw that. Because we could, you know, we could, we, we could, we could call that donkey something else. The nature of that donkey is what some people act like sometimes. But he says, I want you, what I want you to do, he says, when you come, if, if your offering happens to be a donkey, redeem with, he says, redeem with a lamb. Every firstborn donkey. I thought about it, Lord, why donkey? Because a donkey was the means of their productivity. It was valuable to them because you can't turn over the soil without a donkey. And if you don't turn the soil over, you can't plant. If you don't plant, nothing will grow. And if nothing grows, you can't reap anything. And if you don't reap anything, you starve. And so it was, it was precious. It was a precious gift. Are you still there? Every firstborn donkey. But if you do not redeem it, Redeem the donkey with a lamb. Do you see that? Redeem the donkey with a lamb. And if you don't redeem it, break its neck. Lord have mercy. Redeem every firstborn among your sons. And let me stop right here and make a clarification. Last week, I think, last week, I just wanted to make a correction. I felt like I needed to do it. So I, 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 how many of you were here last week? Some of you actually come every week. Others of you come every other week. God bless you, help you, keep you. <clears throat> um, and where is my son, Christopher? He went that way? Probably went down to kids' ministry. Who's standing up right there? Uh-huh, he heard, he heard my voice down the hall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my children hear my voice, they will not follow another, amen. <laughs> so last week, I, I asked, I, I immediately said, I said, talking about firstborn, I asked my daughter to come. Yeah, so I brought her up, you know. How many of you here last week? 
I said, you know, and we were making this illustration, and, and this is how serious God is about first fruits. He said, every firstborn, every firstborn is to be given to me. I want it. They belong to me. In fact, he has a claim on them before they come. And so I called her up, and, and all of a sudden, I said, what's wrong? What's wrong? Why is this not right? How many of you remember that? And what did you say? She said, you said, son. And, I, and, and I'm realizing in the middle of the message that I have not made the right, right application for the illustration. And so I asked her to sit down. She kindly sat down, humbly sat down. And I went and I got my firstborn son. And we, we talked about that and, and, uh, and, and all of what that means, you know. And there's a lie. By the way, there's a lie going around that we're going to kill today. And that lie, it's actually, it's a bold-faced demonic lie. And that lie is that when my firstborn child, Tiffany, when she came, that I was disappointed that she wasn't a, a man, a man-child. It, it was a bold-faced lie. When I saw that girl's face, I about lost it. I'm sitting in the waiting room with my best friend. And he was so much of a best friend that he came to sit with me in the waiting room. Because in Tennessee, they wouldn't let you go in and see your kid's born. So I'm sitting there telling, Lord Jesus, the devil say, I'm going to kill that girl. You know, he's telling all kinds of things to me. She's going, I'm going to mess up the baby. You know, you got all these thoughts. Any guys here ever had that? One or two. All right. So I'm sitting in there, and my best friend, Wendell Vaughn, is sitting with me, and I said, man, you know, it's going to be okay. And I said, yeah, and I'm nervous, you know, and I'm like, Lord, you know, you Jimmy, I'm Lord, and the nurse came in. The nurse came in holding Tiffany. And the nurse came in, and I just froze, and she pulled up blanket off her head and her chin was sticking up like this and it was her mama's chin and I went oh I said because my my previous statement was all newborn babies are ugly <laughs> so when that chin stuck up like this Chris and I saw her face, she was like, I went up. I almost started crying. Oh, she's so beautiful. <laughs> Windows holding me up. I said, man, I got a baby girl. And she didn't get to see that. Somehow, some thought came that said that she was a disappointment. But I'm going to make a declaration to you. Why she listening? She has never been a disappointment to me as you've never been a disappointment to me. Even when you was acting crazy, I knew God had you. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. I appreciate yes, it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I want to make this declaration. It's really important because I think that, that uh, the enemy will try to sow things in your life that are just not true. I, the firstborn son in the Old Testament is necessary for the propagation of 
every tribe. When you get to the New Testament, son takes on a new category and a new, a new meaning. In the New Testament, it's no longer flesh. A son can be male or female. In the New Testament, the definition of son, the sons of God, are the spirit, those who are spiritually have been born again by him. Look at every woman sitting next to you and say, you got son too. <laughs> Don't feel bad, ladies, being called sons because men are being, have been called brides. It's called the bride of Christ. Are you there? Okay, look at your neighbor and say, you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. And make it be, all of you joining us online, make it, well, I want to make it absolutely clear. There are males and females. They are distinguish, distinguishably different from each other. They were, they were created that way by God. God had a reason for creating the female, had a reason for creating the male, and he, he, he has... He has committed to keeping them separate and, and distinguishable. Amen. But indivisible. So if you're struggling with that, you may want to, uh, you may want to, you may want to, you may want to, you may want to come get us by yourself somewhere. And you might, you might want to come privately. We, we can talk about that. Those of you that are online, I want, I want to tell you, if you're struggling with your identity, I want to tell you right now that we are open to you to help you and to help you to see what God has done. And he's done a good thing. Look at your, look at your neighbor. He did a good thing when he made you. He did a right thing with him when he made you. Come on, clap your hands and give him praise. God said, I want the firstborn, and in this case, in the Old Testament, I want the firstborn son. I want you to give him to me. Sacrifice him to me. That's exactly what God said to Abraham and his son. Take your son, your only son, and sacrifice him to me on the mountain that I tell you. And you should know that God has never, has never been into human sacrifice. There was only one time, and one time only, that God engaged in human sacrifice. When it was a sacrifice of himself in Christ Jesus. And that one sacrifice was enough to cover the sins of the whole human race. Look at your neighbor that God saved the world with the first fruit. Clap your hands and give him praise. Okay, I got to do this. So I want you to note, would you note the word redeemed? The, he said he redeemed. So we said last week that if you had a son, you know, uh, you, 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 you didn't kill him, thank God, but you, you exchanged him. You bought an appropriate animal that was exchanged for him. That word is redeemed. You saved your son's life by offering the life of something else. The word redeem is a powerful word. Redemption is a theme throughout the scripture you need to understand. 
because the power of redemption is in the first fruit. In fact, he said about all of you, all the animals that were acceptable, you could use those as exchange for humans or for your firstborn. Some, some animals were automatically acceptable, so the womb of those firstborn animals were given to the Lord immediately. In days to come, verse 14, when your kids ask you, say, what does this mean? What, is this, what, is, what does this mean? Tell them with a mighty hand, the Lord God brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. When, when Pharaoh stubbornly refused to, to, refused to let us go, the Lord killed the firstborn of both people and animals in Egypt. This is why I sacrifice to the Lord the first male offspring of every womb and redeem each of my firstborn sons. This was the beginning of the release of this whole principle of first fruits. And it runs through the, all of the Old Testament and, and is in also in the New Testament. Now, the reason why I say this to you today, because when you, when you give a first fruit, you, you need to understand what you're doing. Elder Ewell made it clear, awesome last week and this week, that your tithe, a tithe, when I give a tithe, I'm covering everything that's already been made. In fact, you can't give a tithe until you make something. Tell your neighbor, God wants you to make something. <laughs> He wants you to earn something, right? How many of you want to earn more? How many, of you, how many of you, if you could earn more, you would earn more? Mm. Some people didn't raise their hand. Okay. When you, when you earn, the first thing we do is we surrender that 10% to the Lord. And that's exactly right. And God says, I'm, I'm going to open the windows. I'm going to, not only I'm going to, I'm going to give blessing over everything that you've made. I'm going to keep the devourer from destroying what you've made. But a first fruit does something different. It prophesies. It redeems. It brings back into fruition the very thing that God always wanted you to have. The word redeemed, it means to exchange. In many cases, it's exchange with money. It means that what was is lost or separated or out of control. And to get it back, it cost you something. This is how God looked at you and I. Not that Satan was stronger than God, but God lives by his own law. And when he made man, he made him to voluntarily serve him. And when man changed his mind because he focused on the wrong thing, he obeyed the opposite of what God said and he's the owner of his life. Was no longer God. God was the creator of his life. God was the sustainer of his life. 
but he no longer was in control under God. God could have made Adam recognize Satan, re rebuke him and, and continue on. But God allowed him to make his own decision. And when they decided to go the opposite way, they sold the ownership or the title deed to their lives to Satan. How do you get them back? How do you redeem them? How do you win them back to the, their rightful owner? God did the unthinkable. In fact, it was so radical what he decided to do that, that Satan or demons could never have conceived it. There wasn't anything in them to conceive the depth of that kind of love. They couldn't conjure in their own mind how in the world God would do this. No way. By the time Jesus comes, they know he's different. And they know he's not, he has not transgressed the law either in his heart or in his hands. So they're looking at him. They're checking him out every step. We have to find a way to corrupt this creature, Jesus. We have to find a way to get something on him. And if you will follow his life, there are always those listening at every word, trying to get something that he would say wrong, worthy of death. And if he didn't, they trumped it up and turned it. And it, <laughs> they trumped it up and they twisted it. Sound like the media. I'm sorry, forgive me. <laughs> By the time we get to the end of Jesus' life, he is sitting there at the, at the, at the um, Lord, at the table. And it's time for him to be taken away. Satan couldn't, he couldn't fathom it in his mind. He never would have thought he would be all up in Jesus' face. Who, who are you? What, what is it with you? I'll put a woman at your feet and, and I'll, 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 I'll have her wash your feet with her tears and, and, and anoint you and you don't, you don't, you ain't moved. What, what, what? I'll give you an opportunity to prove your veracity. Jump off this mountain if you, if you, if you are that. None of the temptations Jesus would yield to who, what are you about, Jesus? By the time it's, by the time they have trumped up every lie they possibly can, by the time the media has said it 10,000 times, by the time the crowd is shouting, crucify him, crucify him, he said he would tear this temple down. Oh my God. By the time he's hanging on the cross, 
all of the demons are saying finally we get rid of this 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 perfect human and as they are around the, as, as the crowd is around the cross can you imagine the celebration among demons can you imagine the celebration when as, as they hammered the nails can you imagine how they scoffed yes hit him again Can you imagine the religious people standing around? In fact, you can see the account of the religious people. It is so grotesque what they do to Jesus till they even have a problem looking up at the cross. By the time Mary is at the feet of Jesus and it's almost over, Jesus, he does something amazing to me. This is amazing to me. He looks down. He sees Jesus. He looks a little further. He sees John standing right by her because Jesus had put Mary in John's charge even before he left. But he made it official. He said, he said, Mother, behold your son. God, he's changing the definitions of son. Mother, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. John got it. I got it, Jesus. By the time it's, the, it's, it's at the very end and he's, he, he, he knows in his spirit, Lord, I can't preach all that this morning, can I, Jesus? But by, by, by the time he, he knows in his spirit that it is finished, he, he, he does the unthinkable. You know, that you can't talk hanging on a cross having your elbows are actually almost out of joint and having your your leg crossed over it puts your hip out of joint and it stretches you to where the only way you can breathe you got to pull up on the nails just to get a breath because they had learned how to torture a man the worst they could be tortured without death and keep him alive as long as you could keep him alive Jesus hanging there and it's just about finishing he 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 knows in his spirit and the Bible says and he cries out with a loud voice it means it's finished it's done the authors the, the, the theologians translate the word, it is completely complete. It is perfectly perfect. There is nothing more that can be added. I have done everything necessary to buy back my kids. I've done everything necessary to pay the price for every sin they ever committed. I have finished the price. I have paid all of it and the Father has poured out all of his wrath on me I'm taking it all dad I'll take it all for them and when they know I've done it they will say yes God I'll come. I'm yours I'm yours I, it's hard to imagine I remember the remember the movie the shack you remember that remember when Papa is talking to uh, I can't call his name and he, he said, you know, you, you know, you, you, they crucified him. You know, they did it by himself. 
Mac. He, he talked to me and be talking to Mac. And, 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 and Papa looked at him said, and said, and pulled the sleeves back. And you could see the nail holes. He said, don't you ever think that he did it by himself. And Jesus said, I and the Father are. What I love about this is, is when he said, Can you imagine why the demons are looking at him? Because that word is a shout of victory. You dying, defaced, naked, ripped, torn, defaced. And you shout victory. Yeah, because the father, the father did the unthinkable. He did the unthinkable. He did what he told Abraham to do. Take your son, your only son, whom you love, and sacrifice him to me. By the way, theologians say, that mountain that that boy climbed up with the wood on his back, Abraham, Isaac, remember Isaac? He, he climbed up, he think he and his daddy just going out for an outing. <laughs> daddy, he said, daddy, you know... Uh, well, we've been had a whole holiday. We had a whole holiday with each other. I said, "Yes, yeah, son." He, he said, "This is awesome. We're doing out uh, cross country. Okay. Well, we're climbing mountains together. Yeah, son." And said, so "We're gonna. He said, we're gonna make a sacrifice." I said, "Okay, get that. I got the wood. He's got the wood on his back. He's climbing up the mountain, and he gets to the top of the mountain. He says, uh, Father, he says, uh, uh, where's the sacrifice?'" He takes the wood off his back, the stones are stacked, he lays, he puts the, the, the wood underneath because he's going to burn, and he puts the son on the altar. He's a sacrifice. I, I believe that same way. That's the way I feel it. It's exactly the way I feel about it. I see a prophet is in the house. Amen. God the Father did exactly, he did the same. Can you imagine? I can't imagine. Really, I can't. I don't know how to get my head around that. The real demonstration of love is a sacrificial, the sacrificial gift for another, for the good of another. Father said, I have to, I have to punish this. If I don't punish this, I'm not true to my nature. If I have to punish this, if I don't punish sin, I am not righteous. And there is no unrighteousness in me at all. I am bound by my own nature to punish every sin forever. So when you think about first fruits, think about the fact that the Father does the ultimate, He does the un for the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were never separated. From, from into eternity, they were never separated. Somewhere back in the, in the ancient, <laughs> in the ancient times of before time, God decided that I will, I will make this plan. I want sons. I don't want robots. I don't want 10 soldiers. 
I want sons who love me, who know me and love me. Unbelievable. So the Lord, when, when he shouted that, tell us die. It is finished. <laughs> All the demons looking. <laughs> hey! 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 Oh, they party. You could hear the shout through the halls of hell. We got him! 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 <laughs> and it was worse than that. <laughs> and can you imagine his mother, his, his disciples, who knew this was an unjust killing? It was a lynching. And they are just, they are completely diffused. They are completely wasted. And they don't know what to do. Peter said, I'm going back fishing, bro. I still got my boat. You didn't sell my boat, did you? No, we still there. Come on, let's go fishing. I don't know. We're going fishing. Because they were completely, they're like, you know, the, the dream came and it left. It is the principle of a death of a vision. And they, uh, they go back to fishing. <laughs> Mary doesn't know what to do. She's, she's, she has been pondering these things in her heart, so she knew that de the death was coming. She heard, he, he told the disciples, I'm going to be crucified, but in three days I will raise again. And by the way, what I'm telling you right now is the very center of our faith. And if you don't understand this, then you don't understand anything about, about the kingdom of God or who you really are or what God is really doing. You take away the resurrection, you take away the crucifixion, then the resurrection, you have nothing. Paul said, we are men most miserable. Go on, get your, go on, get your fifth. Go on, get your blunt. Go on, get your pills and do your thing. Get your pole or go where the pole is. Because, because God the Father, he, can you imagine when, when, when Jesus goes, tell us that! With as much left in him as he could. All the angels, and you forgot the host of heaven. You have, you don't, you, we, you, you, you have forgotten what was standing on edge. Give the word, give the word. Just say the word, we'll wipe up everything down there. Can you imagine the mighty host of heaven standing on edge watching God the Son give himself completely for the punishment and the sin of the whole world for what he never did. What? I said for what he never did. God the Father, he's, he, he, I'm, I'm going to put it this way. God the Father believed in the Son. But he still had to go through it. Okay, I got to hurry up so I can go home because I've done nothing I was supposed to do. But anyway. <laughs> so, 
Everyone is, the disciples are discouraged and dismayed because the dream that Jesus painted has now been obscured. The painting has now been blurred. The colors have run everywhere. And the definitions are no longer clear. And their future is dark. In fact, they think they might, they might be in trouble because of the one whom they believed in. Mary's pondering these things in her heart. <laughs> One of the sisters said, "We need to go. we got to go take care of the body. You know, we we got to go, we got we can't. I mean, we got to honor the body." Joseph said, "I, I got a tomb. Uh, may I have permission, sir, uh, to place his body in this tomb? It's paid for." Yeah, you could have his body. But I want my best guard guarding that tomb so none of his disciples can come and steal his body and, and give weight to the claim that he would raise in three days because he said he was coming back. And so it was, they wrapped the body, placed him in the tomb, rolled the heavy stone that no one man could ever roll by himself several men to move that thing in front of the, of, the, of the opening of the tomb and then to put the best squad. It would be like, it, if you could understand the application, it'd be like stationing a SEAL Team 6 <laughs> around the tomb. I wish, a, I wish a Negro would. It's that kind of thing. And they're all like, yeah, yeah, yeah come on. Come on, Cletus. I ain't shot nothing in a, in, in a, in a week. Anyway, so and, and they all standing around. And, and have you seen, have, is it out yet? Is the movie out, The Resurrection? Or is it still coming? The trailer's out, yeah. Yeah, Mel, Mel Gibson, I can't, I, I don't, man, I just don't. Anyway, you know this story, but check this out. You know, one day passes, pass, and they still heart messed up with the grief. The second day passed, they're trying to get some relief. You know, that this, is this, this was real. It was real, right? It was, he was real, right? He really did heal people, right? They, they, they had to get through that. Or try to. He did, he promised, he promised. You know, he told us, yeah, but you know, sometimes his words are kind of out there. When the third day comes, the soldiers, I'm sure, they're like, okay, all right, ain't they, they ain't coming. Ain't nobody coming. Can you imagine them at their inside conversation? You see anybody yet? No, man, I ain't seen nobody. I said, a little women, what the women gonna do? We said, well, you know, hey, just chill. We only got, you know, we, we, we only got another. We only got a few more hours until this watch is done. Three days is seven two, is that right? <laughs> and so it's early dawn. Can you imagine the joy 
in the angel who was in charge of the squad <laughs> to come down and loose that joint. Can you, can you imagine what, what kind of majesty? Can you imagine what kind of power? So the Lord, the, the power of God, um, the power of God upon the, the, the corpse of Jesus that didn't rot, didn't stink. The reason why it didn't rot and didn't stink because there was no sin in the blood. It's a sin in the blood that causes a corruption, that causes age and, and, and filth and putrefaction. It's because of sin. When there is no sin in the blood, it just, you know, it just stays. By the time Jesus gets through with his tour in hell, or Gehenna, by the time he gets through with that tour, and by the way, he's down there wreaking havoc. When the Lord Jesus dies, he's now down, and, and he's down in Gehenna, and, and where, where the souls were kept, all the souls before the, the, the resurrection, all the Old Testament brothers and sisters, they down, they, they, wait, they, they waiting for the promise, and Jesus shows up. Can you imagine what was on the heart of every demon when Jesus in his glory just shows up? Man, I thought about Bernie Mac. Here I am. <laughs> Whoa! Demons running everywhere. Shoo, shoo, shoo. Ah! They screaming, and 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 the dead—they are rejoicing. The Bible says he made proclamations. He made proclamations to the to the saints who had gone before, and he loosed captives and set them free. In fact, it was so dramatic until tombs started turning over and the dead started rising. When on that third day, when he got up, when he got up, everybody else who was supposed to get up, they got up too. I want to tell you something. When, 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 when God the Father sat there, and you know, I don't think he, he's on the edge now. He's probably reared back. Right? God the Father is probably like that angel was sitting in the tomb when they came in and the stone was rolled away and the woman said oh where'd you take him and and that, the angel said like this hey he said, he said, where, where have you taken him oh you looking for Jesus yeah I'm looking for, he said he's not here When he rose from the dead, the God the Father, can you imagine God the Father? He's no longer on the edge now. Now God the Father is, let me scoot over, son. I want you to sit on my throne and rule until I make all your enemies a stool for my feet. <laughs> now what's amazing to me, saints, is God couldn't do it unless he was willing to surrender the first. I just want to tell you, the first fruit has the power to redeem all that was lost. The, the first fruit has the power to bring into your life everything that God intended that had been held up. But you don't get it all at one time. In fact, this whole issue of redemption is a process. Not only does God, he takes away all of your sin, then he takes care of sin inside of you. 
And we are still waiting for this flesh to be transformed. Look at your neighbor and say, one day your flesh will be transformed completely. I said it last week. I, I, I said I didn't get to it this week. This so all got to stop. But I, saw, but I do want you to understand this. The word redemption is an incredible word because when God redeems something, redemption slash restoration are friends. Redemption and restoration are friends. They, they, uh, they, they are almost synonymous. But here's what I want you to know. Redemption is legal. Restoration is physical. Redemption is legal. It's a legal term. Restoration is physical. God changes something. Redemption is what God does legally. Not guilty. What do you mean not guilty? I saw him do it. But the price has already been paid. Redemption is what God does so that you are brought back out of the law clutches of the enemy. You no longer have to obey. I want you to notify your neighbor. You no longer have to obey even the sin principle in your flesh. You no longer have to obey that. For those who are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. For those who are in Christ Jesus. Those who walk according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. How is that possible? It's possible because Jesus actually, not only did he take all the punishment, he took all the vileness. He took all the rebellion. He took the thing that makes sin, sin. On himself. Fully identifying. That's why, that's why he had to look so bad. The Bible, uh, the theologians say, well, actually in the scripture it says he was beyond, he was beaten beyond recognition. He did not even look like a human being. This is why it's so evil for a person to reject him. Because everything he did was for you. He didn't do it to take something from you. He did it to get something to you. And God the Father sacrificed that for you because you are that important. You are that precious to him. He didn't just do it as an act in time. It was an act in time. I can't break it down like I need to, but I will tell you that redemption is not something that just happened in time. It's something that, it's, that aorist tense describes something that happened the impact is still abiding and the finished act is still coming. What God did for you when he redeemed you, Lord have mercy. Not only did he save you from destruction, he, he saves you from the penalty of sin. Lord have mercy. Now he's saving you from the power of sin and when redemption is totally complete he will save you from the very presence of sin we don't get to 
We don't get to be without the presence of sin. You still got to live in the midst of that and you still got to deal with that flesh. Are you there, saints? But, but God gives you the power to deal with that flesh. How, where do you get it from? You get it from that guy that said, you identify in him. You identify with what he did. It changes everything because the Bible says you have not received the, you have not received again the spirit of slavery. But you've received the spirit of sonship. Actually, the word is adoption. Now I can end it. Adoption. What's about adoption? Adoption is not a Judeo word. It's not a, a word in Judaism. They didn't practice adoption like that. When Paul used yeah, to Paul, it's only five times in the New Testament. Paul used that word to describe something that's like unthinkable. Because what would, what would happen in adoption? You were not the biological parents uh, of the ones who were adopting you. You had another set of biological parents. And in order for you to be adopted, Lord have mercy, you had to break off from the biological and come into the new proclamation. We call that spiritual. The new father, the new father who's adopting you <laughs> when he adopted you, he brought you into his house. It's a, by the way, it's a legal transaction, excuse me, which cannot be rescinded. It cannot be changed. So when you come into the Father's family and you accept, Lord, I am yours, then God, what God does, he, he brings you into the family. And, and as they would do in the Roman state, they would, if they adopted a person, then they had to break all ties with the original biology. Some of you, your problem is your pedigree. Some of you, your, your problem is your, your skeletons in your closet. Some of you, your problem is you still trying to identify just with your skin color. Some of you, your problem is, is your, your people's in them. That's, some of, that's your problem. And, and the culture got you thinking that if you deny or if you walk away or if you turn away from that lifestyle and turn away from that sin, that somehow you're turning your back on your kin and you're disloyal. No, the real deal is, unless you do that, they can never turn. In fact, the real deal is, they won't turn till you turn. And the, and the other side of it is, when, when you come to Christ, he will break the blood tie. He will break why the blood tie. Because the blood tie is the only thing that attaches you to punishment and death and hell for eternity. But when his blood comes and his blood is applied, it breaks the tie of that old blood that has no life in it at all and puts the new blood of Jesus Christ running in your veins and now eternal life starts working in you right now not when you die right now he makes you a new creature behold all things have become old all things have become new and everything is in Christ He adopts, and when he adopts, he will not reject. And all 
because the Father practiced first fruit. Never ask you to do what he himself has not done. Lord Jesus. So, you might want to rethink about it. You might want to rethink it. You're not paying for anything. Ooh, tell your neighbor, you're not paying for anything. And, and, and let me just say, redemption in its carnal definition is but to buy back. But the father did not buy you back from Satan as if Satan was your creator. He, he, he just your legal owner because of your decision. But God remains your creator. And, 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 and God knew if I want to get you back, I know what it's going to take to get you back. I know what it's going to take to win you. I know what it's going to take to change your heart. I'm going to take my life. I'm going to lay it down for you. And when you see that, you're going to come back to my daddy, daddy, daddy. By which we cry, Abba, Father. And so God is, uh, for some of you, God is waiting for you to understand this and quit acting like your blood. Some of you, some of you, your blackism, your blackness is your problem. I'm not suggesting that you're not, that you're not, that I'm not suggesting that you would be ashamed of the color God chose to put your, your, your spirit in. I'm not saying that at all but I'm saying is when you when you when you give more credence to your skin than you do than you do to God who took away your sin then 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 then, then you forfeit everything that God has for you and everything he's done for you some of you can't walk over into the abundance until you leave skin worship. Some of you got to leave that at the door. Some of you, some of you, your problem, you're looking at yourself and say, well, I'm black and I can't. You, are you, have you lost your mind? Have you forgotten who you are? Do you not know who owns you? Do you not know who suffered and died? Do you not that he that has all power in heaven and earth has risen from the dead and now given to you the right and now given to you the power? Nothing can keep you back from what God has already decreed for you. You are not by yourself. You are not out of the game. God the Father has called you from darkness into his marvelous light. And God has called you out of poverty into his abundance. God has called you out of your sickness into his health. God has called you out of your barrenness into his productivity. You belong to God. You are a son of the living God. If you believe that, stand on your feet and give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. God is, did you know, not only God the Father, the whole creation, keep standing, the whole creation groans for the manifestation of the sons of God. And they keep groaning because you won't acknowledge that manifestation. Until you rise up and do and be, we talked about it this morning, until you get familiar again with your CPA. Not your certified public accountant, 
until you get in touch with your calling your purpose and your assignment once you it's okay father I'm not I'm no longer my own I was bought with a price God was buying you not out of the hand of Satan so much as he was buying you out of his judgment his own hand because his own hand his own hand would have had to destroy you God buys you out of his own out of his own hand he buys you he buys you into his heart He no longer has to destroy you. In fact, it is the Father's first agenda to promote you. Lift your hands. Those of you who have been bad-mouthing yourself, doubting yourself, always looking at Satan's job is to remind you how bad you are. That's what he does. All his imps, all they do is put in front of your face every wicked evil thing why to make you to obscure obscure your sight from who you really are he has spent all this time trying to get you to believe his lie and disbelieve the father's lie and disbelieve the father's motive and during this first fruit season i command and i challenge you in the name of jesus you no longer be, you have not been given the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. A mind that can focus, a mind that can hear, a mind that can obey, a mind that can believe, a mind that can create. Keep those hands up for just a little bit as you pray. Because some of you have been, this is something that, it's, it's like a deliverance over your life. You've still been trying to justify yourself. Jesus, he has been made unto us redemption, righteousness, and sanctification. Jesus. Not only did he wipe out all the record, he wiped out all the record. He took the record that was against you and he took it and nailed it to the cross. So he, he would totally identify with it. In other words, what's nailed to the cross of all the wicked, evil things, I am now taking the punishment thereof. Why would you, why would you receive the punishment for what has already been paid for? He said, but I, I did this. Then, 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 then enact, enact God's cleaning cloth. It's called repentance and forgiveness. Confess that thing. Do you know most of the body of Christ are in prison right now, in demon prison right now, because they will not confess and they will not forgive. Most of the body of Christ are in demon prison right now. They're imprisoned in their minds by demons because they, had, they will not confess their sin and they will not forgive others. Both provisions that Jesus paid for so you could have these two provisions so you could keep yourself from the stains of this world. Keep yourself in the love of, keep yourself on the path. Keep yourself in the right. 
how you do that? You, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you're gonna have to come correct. You're gonna have to get real. Some of y'all gonna have to give me the right terminology uh, for this present generation to, to communicate what I'm trying to say. What, what, what was it, babe? What was it? No cap. No cap? That's right. No cap? No cap. No, no cap. No can lie. Okay. Now your arms are tired. I said, Bishop, my arms are tired. I ain't exercise. They about, they about to ache off. We're going to receive the first fruit. We're going to receive the first fruit. But some of you, when you give your first fruit, you are actually surrendering to the greatness and the call of Jesus Christ. Some of you are going to have to decide, he called me to ministry. He called me to ministry, and I've been running ever since. And I don't mean the pulpit. I didn't say that. He, he, he put an assignment on my life, and I've been running ever since. I know God has his hand on my life. I've been drowning myself in alcohol because I don't want to hear that. I don't want to feel that call. I've been, I've been putting my mind in another place because I, if, I, if I concentrate at all, he speaks to me. He reminds me what he has called me to do. Have mercy, Jesus. Yeah, I do. Thank you. So here's how we're going to do this. Those of you that have a first fruit, some of you are continuing to, to uh, and we're going to continue the reception of first fruits we have until Easter Sunday. And those of you, just, just know that Easter Sunday, uh, the, the, the Sunday after Easter, we're going to celebrate. Hear me when I say we're going to celebrate. Those of you that would say to me, Bishop, you, you, I don't, I'm mad that you're talking to me, but I, I'm, 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 <laughs> I hear you. Now, I want you to, when you bring your first fruit, I want you to, Make that confession known. Lord, I, everything you want to do, I'll, I'll, I'll fulfill my assignment. I'll rise to my call. Lord, have mercy. And those of you that are going to give a first fruit right now, I want to free you to do that. You can do it on your phone. But one of the things we do during first fruit season is we want to lay hands and pray on you, over you because some of you, you have pledged something you, to give God something. You have done so beyond your present ability. And he will do that. Yes, you may. Some of you, the reason why he, he puts a figure in your heart that's beyond your present ability, if he does so, is because he wants to take, your beyond, beyond, take you beyond your present means. And he can't do that unless you exercise faith. Thank you, Lord. You excited? You've been here for the last two weeks? You saw what God did? Guess what? Excuse me, happening again. <laughs> <laughs> 